As we begin our next series in this month of March, we are also stepping into the season of Lent. Ash Wednesday marked the beginning of Lent, but these Sundays also give us an opportunity to celebrate, to reflect, to, to embark on this journey toward the cross together as Christians, as followers of Jesus who have been called by God, our Father, as His children out of the ways of darkness and into the ways of His light, into the ways of His instruction, into the ways that He has set apart for His people, that they would live as witnesses and a light to the people still living in darkness. And yet that darkness is a reality that all of us struggle with for the duration of our lives. Our series this month is called The Heart of Darkness. How do we take seriously the fact that there's evil going on in the world around us, but also evil happening in our own hearts and minds as well? We'll be walking with Jesus as he experiences evil in different ways and also how he tells and instructs other people about evil in parables and in teachings. And today we're going to be hearing a story about when Jesus came face to face with temptations and with evil himself. Maybe you are familiar with, um, with the joke where uh, someone is, is walking onto an airplane for the first time and the, the, the crew is standing there at the front of the plane welcoming them on board and the pilot is standing there uh, right, right by the doorway into the cockpit. And as this passenger gets on the plane, they say, wow, I'm pretty nervous, this is my first time. And the pilot says, me too. You know, that's not the kind of relation, uh, relational connection you want to have with the pilot as you step onto a plane for the first time. You know, we want pilots that have been on planes. We want pilots that have flown and landed planes safely before. It doesn't, gonna, it doesn't give our hearts any uh, comfort or peace when we step onto a plane and we hear that it's the pilot's first time flying either. As we walk through this series, we're going to face... A, all joking aside, we're going to face the reality of temptation, the reality of evil in our hearts and in the world. So today, as we reflect on the story of Jesus' own temptation in the wilderness, I want us to remember a couple of things. First of all, as we talk about temptation, we're not only receiving God's instruction from someone who has never had to go through these kinds of challenges before. Remember, we're learning from someone who has walked through these very challenges himself. And that teaches us two things. One, Jesus' success in defeating and and resisting the temptation that was put before him is the exact uh, perfect rightness, the righteousness, the perfect acts of God that win us over to him, that redeem us when uh, his sacrifice on the cross paid the price for our sinfulness. He lived a life that we are unable to live and his sacrifice therefore was counted for us to pay our debts to God. The second thing that this story teaches us the, the, the second part of this instruction is that Jesus calls us to respond to temptation the way that he did. Not so that we might earn his favor or earn his uh, presence in our lives, but rather so that we might share his reality with people who have yet to, in, uh, have yet to interface or interact with Jesus Christ. So as we listen through this story in Luke, I want you to listen for those two things. How is this perfect Uh, this perfect response to temptation by Jesus, something that wins us over? And how can it be something we emulate in our own lives that we might share that good news with others? Let's listen into Luke. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. 
I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, The scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, You must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. As we listen to these verses in Luke chapter 4, we come to the realization of a couple of things. First of all, we all have experienced hardship in our life. Moments where we feel weak or malnourished. Moments where we're not receiving the fuel or the energy that we need or the, the support from other people that we need. We feel totally out, out on our own, isolated and in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the wilderness. As we begin to question ourselves, who we are, what is this reality that sin is in our hearts it begins to feel like a wilderness itself. How could anyone be perfect? How could anyone follow all of God's instructions? What does it mean that I am uh, coming to grips with the fact that I am an imperfect person? I deal with suffering and hardship on account of other people and there are reasons that I hurt that are my responsibility as well. The wilderness has a way of tempting us into thinking that we're the only one that has ever faced anything like this before. But when we read these words from Luke chapter 4, we're reminded that Jesus faced weakness and isolation just like we do. He had been fasting for 40 days. He hadn't had anything to eat for that time. He was feeling weak. And he went out into the wilderness by himself where the devil met him and tempted him with a couple of things. First of all, the devil tempted his human weakness, the weakness of his flesh. He wanted him to use his miraculous power as the Son of God to provide for himself food that he needed. But Jesus was taking this time to exercise trust in God and reminded himself using the words of God that man does not live only on the physical things we eat, but rather there is more, there is better sustenance for us, and that is the very word of God. As we continue through the story, the devil decides to tempt his maybe materialistic side, the side uh, that enjoys a public platform, the, the side that enjoys influence and prominence. He says, uh, Jesus, look, the whole world is here before you. And uh, as, the, as the tempter of the world, as the evil one out in the world, I know it all very well. And there are places that just throw the best parties and give the greatest glory to whoever is in charge. If you worship me, I will give you that glory. I'll give you that power over these nations that instead of just following in their own ways, they would worship you. And Jesus says, God's word reminds us not to worship anyone except for God alone. The third temptation that Jesus faces has to do with his divinity. This, the, the devil who is a liar, the father of lies, the Apostle John tells us, is crafty. And, and the writer of Genesis, Moses, he says uh, that the, the devil is the craftiest of all members of creation. And so he uses scripture to try and tempt Jesus in his divinity. And he says, look, if you're the chosen Messiah, if you're the anointed one, then God's promises are that you'll never be harmed. So if you just jump off this highest part of the temple, how great would it be for you to be caught in the hands of angels? And Jesus says, oh no, 
Devil, the Bible says not to tempt the Lord, not to test the Lord your God. Don't take for granted his promises, but rather trust in him and follow his instructions. And after being repelled three times by scripture, the devil flees Jesus and he is left by himself where he is renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit and his strength is returned to him. This is a a powerful story. This is an amazing narrative that takes place here in the beginning chapters of Luke. It sets the stage and the tone for Jesus' ministry, but it also gives us an important insight on ourselves. Maybe there have been times where the desires of the flesh, maybe it was food, maybe it was something else that you really wanted, some possession or some experience or some relationship, something that you needed, some feeling you were trying to, 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 to indulge in for yourself, for, for your body or for your feelings. And you gave into that temptation. Maybe you once pursued platform or pursued glory for yourself in a way that uh, put yourself above others or maybe distracted you from your relationship with God and you began to worship either another person or this idea of yourself or this goal that you had in your life instead of worshiping God the way that he calls us to worship him and all of a sudden you realize, man, you failed God on that front as well. And maybe there have been times where you took God's grace for granted, where maybe you indulged in some kind of behavior or sinful action, or maybe you you sent an, an email that was full of terrible and angry language or left a voicemail or sent a text or went and confronted someone in an unkind way because you knew that God would forgive you after that, right? You knew that God's forgiveness covers all sins, so why not this one? When we make that grave mistake, we are taking for granted the most precious gift that God has given us we find that we have failed our God, our Father, our Creator, in our body, in the things that we pursue, and even in our relationship with Him and understanding of who He is. And this story about Jesus facing temptation reminds us that there is no way we ever would pass the tests put upon the Savior the way that He did. This brings us back to those two important lessons I want you to remember today. One, Jesus succeeded in these struggles. He passed this test. He resisted this temptation. And the fact that he did that means that he lived perfectly in line with God's will. He was meditating on God's word day and night. It armed him for this struggle, for this combat, that he would know what to say. And so he said those things and responded to the devil and his temptations in a scriptural, in a godly way. The devil could do nothing but flee from him in the face of total opposition. Jesus' success in this endeavor wins for us the title of righteous, not because he he gives us the battle plan that we might succeed, although we'll get to that in a second. Rather, his perfect living is what makes his death worth the price of our lives. And secondly, this plan of attack and this plan of defense when we're faced with temptations in our life gives us a step-by-step instruction on how to face temptation in our life. What should we do when we're faced with desires of the body or of the flesh? But respond with God's word. I don't need these things to live my life, but rather 
in the word of the Lord. God's promises are so much more fulfilling. His presence is so much more powerful than the things that this world might provide. And when we're, when we're tempted to pursue our own glory, our own position over and above other people or over and above our relationship with God or, or our worship of Him, when things get in the way of, of our worshiping God or attending church or participating in certain events, when we begin to be distracted, from our faith and worship of God, we can remind ourselves that God commands us to worship nothing except for Him. And there is no reward found in the world of worshiping things besides God that can ever live up to the same reward that is ours when we join God in His heavenly kingdom, worshiping Him day and night, serving Him before His very presence in that heavenly kingdom after Christ comes back. And finally, that that danger we have of being tempted away from truly recognizing and revering the relationship we have with God and the grace He pours out to us in our imperfect state. Though we are never going to earn that grace back when we look to Jesus and His interaction with the devil at this point in the story, we hear the promises of a God who says, we are not testing the Lord our God, but we are trusting the Lord our God. We are not going to willfully go out and live a sinful life, but rather when we realize, when someone has revealed to us that we've been living incorrectly, instead of stiffening our neck and, and setting our, our feet in our own ways and deciding that we're not going to turn around and follow God, we can hear His promise and trust that He is working good things in us that we might be a living witness to his promises in the world around us. We don't test the Lord our God. We trust the Lord our God, even when we have realized at the last second we have been convicted in our sin of living incorrectly. Jesus meets us in each of these places, the sins of the flesh, the sins of our own glory, the sins of taking our relationship with God for granted. And he says, this is the way away from that stuff. But he doesn't wait for us to meet him in that place of perfection. He comes down into the muck, into the mire. He says, I'm going to walk with you through this stuff because I love you. You are mine. So we take seriously this idea of evil in our own hearts. The fact that we face temptation. We're not doing it according to the instructions of someone who has never faced this before. But rather, we are following in the footsteps of Jesus who has faced these very same struggles that we walk through each and every day. Let that give you hope if you're in a time of trial and temptation right now. And let that give you a chance to encourage and support someone else who may be walking through a similar thing. God calls us into a life of repentance, a life guided by His Word. So when we face temptation, we are not left unarmed, but rather we are given this very same equipment for battle, this Word of the Lord to which we can respond and push away temptation. And our strength, too, will be renewed by the Holy Spirit when we return to Him. Let's go out and live a life of repentance and live a life responding to temptation, not by giving into it, but by remembering God's promises in His Word. Amen.